I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Should I stay or should I go? It's a pretty tough decision. Do you love your job, but the culture just sucks? Or do you love the work environment, but there's no career progression? Shell and M talk about when the right time to leave your job is and what to do once you've made the decision. M, how are you? I'm better than you, Shell. How are you? I'm are you going to own up to what's going on for uh, you? Summer colds. Summer cold. Fun flu. The fun flu. Oh, it doesn't feel that fun though. No. Maybe you've had too much fun on the weekend. Yeah, summer in Australia and having the cold is not that great, but I've got honey, lemon tea, so I'm going good. Good, good. You're going to make it to the end? I hope so. Okay, see how we go. <laughs> so today... You'll have to let me know if I get all croaky. I will. I will. Cool. Today we're talking about that tough decision that we all face. When's the right time to leave a job or a workplace? Em, you see lots of people coming and going from organisations in your role in recruitment. What do you think? When's the right time to leave? I do see a lot of people coming and going. Funnily enough, it's what keeps us in business. So look, I'm a supporter of it, but funnily enough, only for the right reasons. When I think about when do you when is the right time to go? When do you make that decision to to move on? I think it's important to work out when not to go. And we've talked previously about this idea of particularly the new year, which um, is a time when I think a lot of people are exploring new changes or a new adventure. But also, we can tend to get to a point during the year, sometimes towards the end of the year, but at other times as well, where you feel like you're a bit run down, maybe you're feeling a bit stagnant. And so when I think about when's the right time to go, I think it's probably important to clarify that maybe it's not the right time to go if you simply need a holiday. And checking in with whether or not that's the vibe that you're feeling or whether you genuinely are looking for a bigger change. The other thing I I think we might explore this a little bit further as we go, but when there's some thing in your control that you could actually change in order to keep yourself really fresh in the organization that you're in, but perhaps it just relies on you taking action. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about that. And I also think that there are times when maybe it's not even um, anything major, but you might just need to have a bit of a conversation. So I think there are a bunch of times when it's not the right time to go. When you should go though, and I'd be interested in your feedback on this, I think it's times when maybe your values don't align. So if you're looking at the values of an organization and your own values, and they can evolve over time. So if you start to move apart from each other, maybe the business direction changes. So your own career goals begin to become mismatched with where the organization that you're working for and what their priorities become. Uh, Or perhaps even if you've achieved everything you can. And so, you know, what does that look like? Well, maybe the learning opportunities are drying up. Um, Maybe there's not an opportunity for progression, but that's something that's really important to you. I think that's another time when it's important to go. And then maybe toxic cultures we've talked on a little bit before. I think that would be an interesting one to explore as well. Yeah, great. And I think on that, 
when you've learnt all that you can. We had a question sent through uh, from someone who said, I've been in my job five years. I love the work culture and the team, but there's no career progression. It's a flat management structure and I don't know what to do and is it my time to leave? And so I think that's a tricky situation lots of people are faced with. What would you say in that scenario? That is a tricky one because that sounds to me like someone who loves everything about their job. And arguably they probably love the job that they're doing. But as you said, they're just missing that opportunity for learning or they're starting to feel like they're about to perhaps reach their expiry date. I think in this instance, I really go to this idea of career self-reliance. So you've got this amazing workplace culture. You've got wonderful leadership around you. It's perhaps a business or an organisation that's given you a lot. And so perhaps you even feel a sense of loyalty if I'm thinking about who this person is. Um, But really what I'd suggest is we need to take a look and maybe make sure we're not making assumptions first and foremost. Well, how do we do that? How do we make sure that we're not making assumptions? For me, it's about looking going, what is in my control? What can I change? How can I rely on myself to do something with what I've got, particularly given sometimes it's in this instance, maybe not better the devil, you know, but actually you've got this amazing environment to do something more with. What more can you do? And then perhaps the step after that, once you've identified that there's a need for you to change something, have a conversation. And you've been awesome, Shell, so far in our conversation or in the chats we've been having at not only reminding us to have that conversation, but also giving us a bit of a framework for how to have a conversation. And I think this one could actually be a really empowering one, not only for you, but if you're going and chatting with your manager, with the person that's in that leadership role that can help you make a difference, if it's the culture that we're describing, they're probably going to lap it up as well. They're going to love it. That's my experience anyway. I love that point, Em, you made about assumptions. Do you have an example? Can you tell us about a way that you've kind of seen that work well of having that conversation with your manager to maybe see if there's any opportunities that we might have overlooked. I'm really, really lucky. I've been in my organisation now for uh, over eight years and I've had many role changes during that time. When I finished my uh, undergraduate degree, I didn't think if you asked me to paint a picture of what the next 10 years would would look like that I would still be in the same organisation. When I think about why that is, it's the culture we're describing where it is an amazing culture, it's very supportive But it's actually quite flat as well with some long-term leadership. But the difference that I guess exists is that if you go and open up a conversation with your leader, no one's going to hand you anything on a silver platter. But if you actually go and open it up and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I feel like I'd really like to head in this direction. Here's all the really good work that I've already been doing, which chances are they already know about, but you're, you're including it in the conversation. I think that in the next little while, and you might be able to put a bit of a loose time frame on that, it might be three months, six months, 12 months, over the next X, Y, Z period, I'm going to start to get a sense that I'm looking for something more, I'm looking for the next thing, I'd love for it to be here. I don't know if there's any opportunities going, but can you just keep me on my ra- on your radar? And where I've seen that work really well is my Um, to their credit, the business I'm in, and I know there are many other businesses that are like this, they've got stuff going on behind the scenes that I have no idea about. So as soon as I put myself on their radar in a more direct way, time and time and time again, you end up in that Rubik's Cube of 
the puzzle, I guess, that the business owners or the decision makers are trying to fit together to go, we need this gap, we're moving in this direction, who are we going to have do it? Nobody's a mind reader. So unless you let them know, I'm actually interested, they might assume, oh, Emily's super happy in the role she's in. She's doing an awesome job. Let's leave her there because she hasn't told us otherwise. Nobody's a mind reader. So get yourself in that Rubik's Cube situation. Never assume that there's nothing going on because businesses are forever changing. I love that. And I think that's a great way to do it. If managers have lots of stuff going on, if they've got more than a few direct reports, they're trying to navigate lots of different moving parts, but just stepping out and going, hey, I'd love to be considered for another role, maybe 12 months down the track. That can be a game changer. Totally. It's not going to happen overnight. So say that. I know this probably won't happen overnight. I don't need it to. I love this place. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. But if you think of anything, hear anything, see any opportunities, it might even be an opportunity to be put on a really great project, something a bit more high profile. It might not be a complete role change, but it might even just be, we've got a secondment, we've got a project, we've got something that you could do over here. Do you want to be involved? And you will get that tap on that shoulder sooner than you think. Love it. So good. So let's look at the other end of the spectrum, I suppose. Say you have had that conversation and nothing comes up. And this is the dynamic that does happen from time to time. And maybe there isn't that that movement or opportunities. How long is too long to stay in the same job or I guess stay with the same employer? I've been asked before if there's a number that you can place on how many years to stay doing the same thing. And I don't think you'll ever be able to pin me down to one. I'm not going to say two years, five years. I think it depends on your goals. It depends on your ability to craft a narrative around your career. And I look at a career as a whole career. A career is more than just a job. So for me, Shell, I'm looking at um, somebody's experience and going, okay, you've had a job with an employer and what else have you had going on? Has it been study? Has it been uh, a board position or some volunteer work? Have you actually been creating your own podcast? Uh, what are those other things that you're doing to create a whole career for yourself. Some of those things, probably the most hours that you'll spend up in a workplace, in a job. Uh, But then beyond that, it's about keeping really fresh in the projects that you've been working on, as we talked about before, or the challenges that you're creating, regardless of what happens to your job title. I think though, that it is important to have an awareness of when your, in inverted commas, expiry date might be. So, If you go beyond your expiry date and if you don't self-recognize that, what I've seen happen, and I'm sure you're the same, is that it can become quite detrimental because you really risk damaging your relationship, uh, relationships in that organization, maybe your reputation. You can start, uh, it can be harder to be productive. It can be harder to um, sort of keep that smile on your face each day. And you may or may not even realize that you're moving into that negative or more complacent headspace. So I think everyone's expiry date might be different and your expiry date might be different from one role to the next, but important to keep an eye on that. Absolutely. And I think on that expiry date, it's better to be preemptive and kind of allow it to just naturally unfold because one of those things that we really want to keep sweet is that employment relationship, especially towards the end of your employment. Finishing well gets overlooked and we focus sometimes on starting a new job well, but don't think about, okay, how do we end it well? And in an upcoming episode, we are going to be talking about how do you finish and exit a job really well? So it'll be great to unpack that further. Absolutely. And that exiting, as you said, happens well before you've resigned. 
So how you exit is actually going to begin when you're starting to have those thoughts, should I stay or should I go? From your perspective, being in that recruitment space, do businesses still frown upon people moving from job to job frequently? The answer that first comes to mind is yes. I think that that will change over time. But for now, yes, they do. And for me, I then go, okay, why? I think if it's consistent over time, look, if you jump from one job to the next and you've got a really good story that you can tell about that, then that's going to be okay. If it happens consistently over time and if your resume starts to, maybe it's only been uh, five to 10 years that you've been in the workforce building your career, but you still need two or three pages, then you've probably been jumping around too much. And it starts to become more difficult to explain that in a way that's going to make that organization feel really comfortable. Basically, a recruitment process is the opportunity for you and for that employer to be managing their risk. If they're going to be investing in you and you are one of their most expensive investments as a business, then you can also give them a really, really high return, but they want to make sure that when they employ you, they've actually reduced the risk. They know you as well as they can, and they feel a sense of comfort that that high return will come because you're going to stay there for the period, probably of years, not months, that it was required in order to get that return on an investment. So I think this is one of those things that, yes, it can be a red flag, it can work against you, and it can make that hiring manager or that decision maker feel like maybe their investment's going to be a flop um, rather than paying off. So really, if you can show that you've stuck at something or you've stuck at the things that you do, whether it's a job or it's one of those extracurriculars we talked about, things like study. We, In our uh, resume episode, we talked about not including your educational qualifications on your resume if they're not complete, then that's sort of a similar uh, way of thinking. You basically want to give that person who's reading and speaking with you the idea or the sense that you're hardworking, you're loyal, you're patient, and you're not going to give up easily. I like that what you've said about is it consistent? Like are we seeing job change, lots of job changes over time or is it kind of just a one-off thing where, okay, maybe you had this job for 18 months and moved on? Well, then that's kind of easy to explain. But those scenarios where you're seeing that pattern that's the pattern that employers are looking for. And if it, there is that pattern of frequent movement, then that's not going to be seen as favorably as just a one-off occurrence. Agree. So in terms of this scenario where, okay, the person's been in there for five years, thinking about whether to leave, is there any other things that you would encourage them to do or recommend that they do? For me, it's a, it's a place for self-exploration. So it is a huge decision. And You don't have a crystal ball, but I believe there are some questions that you can actually ask yourself in order to make that assessment. And maybe you're asking yourself those questions on, let's call it day one, that this thought comes into your head and you're feeling comfortable and you're going, you know what, not quite the right time. But if that little seed that's been planted continues to grow in your mind, you're checking back in on these questions and you're making sure that you catch it early if that Uh, I guess, answer changes for yourself because there is that internal exploration that you do need to do. So some of the questions I would ask myself, uh, things like, am I still growing? So I'm often looking for stretch opportunities and I've seen this sort of question work really well in, in other people that I've been maybe consulting with on their career. Stretch opportunities are really vital for our engagement at work. 
if you're looking for that career progression, then it might be that that stretch opportunity is coming in that job that you've got. Or again, it might be coming from outside of that, but really important that you don't get yourself to that place of stagnating and maybe you are looking forward and and catching that before you start to feel that slip. I'm also asking myself, and this probably harps back to that idea earlier that we talked on where check yourself that you don't just need a holiday. So when was your last break? Are you, what's that saying? A change is as good as a holiday. Maybe it's the flip of that. A holiday is as good as a change. Yeah, wow. So checking that it's not just a break that you need. I get to the end of the year and I know that that's what I need. And so that can sometimes be a bit of a sign for me that I go, you know what? I just need to take a break and then I'll come back and I'll get on with it and it will be awesome. Yeah. And one of the things that I look for and it might sound really simple, but it's a, it's a non-negotiable for me is do I have fun at work? Yes, fun. I so think, good. I work should be fun. Work should be fun. And I think if you're not having fun at work, have a, have a look at what's happening. It's a good sense check. Do I enjoy the people that I work with? Do I have a laugh? Fun's often something we overlook, but to me, it's really important. It's really key to our engagement. The other thing I'd be looking at is, as you mentioned, Ember, before, do my values align with the business? So businesses' values evolve and change over time. Sometimes intentionally, maybe um, they actually change their core business values, or maybe they just kind of naturally shift, maybe with leadership change. So just sense checking, am I still on the same page? Do I still agree with the vision, the values of the business? There's probably a practical component to that too, where if our life situation is changing, does that organisation and, and that direction they're heading in or the way that they that workplace that I'm in sets their business up, does that still match what I need for my life, my lifestyle and the way that my values are evolving or the things that I value in life are evolving? So staying in control for me, I think about, When I'm hearing these questions, it's about how am I actually taking the ownership, staying in control of my situation and not just rocking up every day and going along with it. And let's unpack the other scenario about when people choose to leave. So we've talked about the initial one of maybe there's not career progression and we need to look at a new opportunity. The second scenario that often comes up is I like my job, I'm paid really well, but the workplace is toxic. And so we had someone send something through about that around, I mean, this toxic work culture is it my time to leave? And so there's a few things that I would encourage people to do in that scenario. And am I right, Shellen? I'm just reading that here. We've got someone in this instance who they actually love their job. They love what they're doing, but it's everything around them, that environment that they're really challenged by. So I'm going to run it by you, Shell, and I'm keen for you to do a bit of troubleshooting for us on this one and let us know, what would you do? So here we go. I'm currently a nurse in my second year out of uni. It's my dream job and I've worked really hard to get here. I've made some of my best friends at this hospital, but the culture is toxic. We're seeing a lot of great staff leave. I work so many hours. We do 10 and a half hour shifts and I just eat on the run while trying to care for patients. Should I leave? This scenario relates to a lot of people, Em. And so the first thing I would encourage them to do is have you told your story to try and help influence the culture? And if you haven't, jump back to our previous episode where we talk about the good, bad and ugly of workplace culture And we do give a bit of a framework as to how to have the conversation and tell your story to bring about change in terms of culture and the health of the business. That was so good, that episode, actually. I loved that framework. I was taking notes. Oh, good (laughs) one. I'm glad it helped. I'm going to use it. It's great to have a structure when you're having tough conversations. So I'm glad that helped you, Em. Um, In terms of, I, I guess my thinking is don't wait till the exit interview 
to voice your concerns. I, I do find people do rely on that to influence culture. We can do it a lot earlier than the exit interview. And so that's why I'd encourage you have that conversation first. And then if you don't see any change, that's when we start to consider leaving. Unfortunately, I can't answer this question for anyone. It's something that we need to work through ourselves. But I do have a bit of, um, I guess, a bit of a self-assessment and some questions that each person can ask themselves to make the best decision when it comes to leaving. I'm going to rattle off some things really quickly. Mm. I find these questions just really helpful to get a sense of, is it my time to leave? Before you do, are these questions that you're about to rattle off for us, are they going to be specific to a toxic workplace scenario or are they questions that we should all be paying attention to regardless of our situation? I think these questions are ones to ask if you're in a toxic work culture. Okay, awesome. So first one is, does your workplace listen to feedback from its staff? So if there's a like engagement survey, does the organization communicate the results of the survey to staff to show that they're listening to this to employee feedback or do they ignore the feedback or even worse, do they try to cover up the feedback? Are they trying to sell a message that's actually not the reality of the work culture? In which case that to me is a big red flag. And I'd be looking at, I don't really trust that this is um, an environment that's going to learn and going to respond to my feedback. And it doesn't have to be an engagement survey, does it, Shell? It might be that there are other ways you can look for confirming or denying, does my workplace listen to feedback? And even checking yourself on, because I'm this whole career self-reliance uh, train that I get on, are you actually offering feedback? Yeah, that's right. Like, And, and there's various ways that feedback loops happen in organisations. It might be in team meetings where if someone in the team meeting presents an opinion that's kind of contrary to the norm, what is the manager's response to that? Are they like, yeah, sweet, bring that, bring that up, let's unpack it? Or do they shut that conversation down quickly? Because that's, again, a signal of the culture. If that conversation gets shut down and it's a bit of an echo chamber, well, maybe there's not going to be an openness to feedback, in which case, is this an environment that's going to change? Okay, makes sense. Hit us with number two. Okay, so the next one I would look at is how do they deal with complaints? I think businesses often like to think that complaints are kept tightly under wraps, but we know that that stuff d does tend to leak out. And if there's complaints, are they quickly resolved? Are they handled effectively? And uh, is change seen? Now, keep in mind, cultural change is not quick in mm, most cases. Mm. So you want to be able to see those small steps towards improvement be looking for those small steps and changes towards better outcomes because that cultural change does take time. But those are the things that are a good sign if they're receptive to feedback or conversely, if those changes aren't happening and things kind of get swept under the rug. Again, that's probably reinforcing this culture is probably going to need a lot to change and maybe I'm not in a position to influence it. Another thing I'd be looking at is, this is something I'm really passionate about. Does the organization have tough and healthy conversations? To me, withholding or avoiding conversations is equally as bad as backstabbing. Well, it's passive as opposed to aggressive. That's right. And it's much more pervasive. So you don't know what conversations aren't happening. If there's a culture where we don't talk about any of the issues, that's a concern. Because if you're trying to raise, hey, I've got this issue within the business or a problem that we need to work through, but no one likes to have those conversations, well that's going to be a hard thing to shift. Well, we're all about action. These conversations, the chats that we're having, we're all about action. And if you're not acting, you're avoiding conversations, you're not responding, then 
we're not going to get anywhere. The other thing I would be looking for is what behavior gets rewarded? Is it the team players? Is it honest and trustworthy staff where it's not just about what you achieve, but how you go about achieving those results? In which case that to me is a sign of a good, healthy environment. And if there's other kind of peripheral problems, if the dominant culture is trustworthy, honest, and good performers are rewarded, well, I would like to see that, okay, well, I probably can influence the culture here because the general behavior is productive and healthy. But if the behavior that gets rewarded is results at all costs, so you do see some of those kind of um, cutthroat competitive actions and tones in the business, then again, a bit of a, a bit of a signal that more oh, the culture here is not that healthy. And if I think about the person who they're a nurse, they've worked really hard, they love their job, but and they have a couple of awesome friends that they've made through that workplace, but they're really struggling with the environment more generally being, as they've described it, toxic. We talked about this in the last episode around toxic workplace culture, but is it a subculture that's in your team and in the place, the part of that workplace that you spend your time? Or is it the wider business as a whole? And so some of these questions you're asking, Shell, I'm just thinking when it comes to how can I influence or what can I change or how can I act, what can I do, what conversations can I have, maybe even starting to try and consider and identify, are there some boundaries to what I'm experiencing? And if I go and have a look over there, it might be a bit different. What you're talking about with subcultures there is really key because often you might get a secondment opportunity or a job rotation and realise, oh, the tone and the culture of the business over here in this other department is completely different. Or you might be having conversations in the lunchroom or at a Christmas party or in some other environment and you're hearing stories from across the way that are so inconsistent with your own experience. And that actually is a sign if you're feeling that there's a disconnect between your own experience and what other people are telling you, maybe not everyone, but some other people scratch the surface a little bit deeper and try and work out where that's coming from and why that might be happening. So to close, the final thing I would ask myself before I have these conversations or seek to make a decision about staying or going would be, is this environment psychologically safe? So am I actually able to have the conversation in a way that is helpful and constructive or will it actually cause some kind of mental or emotional harm to me? In which case we need to examine that closer. So that's my only, I guess, kind of, exception to the rule of have those conversations yeah it makes complete sense keyword in all of that is healthy conversations or be them tough but they need to be healthy so I think that's a really important point to make perhaps we've made that decision so we actually have decided to go what's our to-do list what does that look like we talked earlier about calling it early enough that you don't hit that expiry date and you don't become negative, complacent, careless, or start to procrastinate on your work because this idea of exiting well, which we'll talk about in a later episode, is critical to your career success and it's more than just this this moment in time. I uh, find it a little bit unusual that you're not going to have or you wouldn't feel awesome if your employer, your boss came up to you and fired you out completely out of the blue one day. So I often encourage this idea of trying not to fire your boss out of the blue one day, but actually have done some groundwork earlier where you're having these open conversations and it's not a surprise to them if you do turn up 
with your resignation in hand. That's something that I think is really important. You don't want to be burning those bridges. We look at it like a relationship. If I've been in a relationship with someone for five years. Are you living together? Oh, maybe. Do you have the dog? Maybe. (laughs) And so if I'm in that in that dynamic, I'm not just going to text them or email them saying, hey, see ya. I know it was really great last night, but (laughs) I'm done here now. Yeah, I don't think that'd go down well. And I actually think that those that person's friends and family would think you were a pretty crappy human being for that. Yeah. And so I think looking at it in that way, if you're going to break up with someone, you want to, you want them to be prepared and you want them to know it's coming. And that's how we do it well. And I think the same goes for an employment relationship where we want to manage that really well. Have those conversations up front. Don't blindside your employer and have the conversation in a way that makes them warm to you. Like we've been talking about through previous episodes. Well, you might need them as a referee. And when you're updating your resume, we had some really awesome tips earlier in an earlier episode about updating your resume. We talked about what you need in a referee and how to prepare that person. It is, I don't know why, there's not a lot of science to this, but I do know that it is easier to get a job when you've got a job. So whether that be for financial reasons or there's just something about people with a job, is it's more attractive to the next employer. All of these things come into play when you're mapping out your transition strategy. And I'm looking forward to talking about that a bit more when we come to our future episode on exiting well. Well, let's wrap up for now. You might be about to run out of voice. <laughs> Maybe. So it's probably a good time. And we'll wish everyone well in asking themselves all of those questions. Great to hang out. Thanks, Em. Thanks, Shel. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.